Welcome back to Fleshing It Out with Samantha Spittle. This is the full flush edition with Emily Yarrison. If you haven't listened to her pit stop, you can go ahead and listen to that. And it's all about storytelling and personal connection. We continue the conversation, getting to know more about Emily. What I love about the world of storytelling is not only do you get to know people, but you get to connect on really fun levels. Because when you are a storyteller, you naturally start digging into your life. And so Emily shares her traveling. She's a a big international traveler. She talks about um, tutoring, teaching. And so if you enjoy getting to know people, kind of know how they tick, how what they do, I highly encourage you to listen in and enjoy my friend, Emily Yarrison. Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Welcome back to The Full Flush. Emily, you are an adventurous person. You've done lots of international travel. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like that is something that a lot of people haven't done. Yeah. And we could dive into that because I think you've had a lot of good life lessons and fun experiences um, and new perspectives because of it that deserve to be heard. Definitely. So where they deserve that. I don't know. You get what you deserve, people. (laughs) Um, So tell us, where have you been? Where have your adventures Um, taken you? Overall, I think I have been to... 21 countries. What? 20 or 20. I thought you were going to say five or six. No. So this started when I was 12. And um, my church growing up had a sister church in uh, Romania. And there was like a trip, like a youth trip. And Mm. um, we did a lot of fundraising. And my parents like broke their bank to send me. um, (laughs) Just you or any of your siblings? No, just me. Oh. Um. They were doing other stuff. Okay. So, like, my brother was going to this, like, smart kid camp, and my sister was doing diving um, at a pretty elite level. So, they were, like, doing other things that were draining the funds. So, (laughs) (laughs) my parents were like, we got to give her something. (laughs) (laughs) We've got to tap ourselves for her so she feels loved, too. um, Yeah. So, I got to go to Hungary and Romania when I was 12, um, which was pretty cool it was an interesting experience i like stayed in a you know in the village with the church members and uh that was like 1999 so yeah it's just a very different experience especially for like a 12 year old i'd never really i'd never been outside of the u.s um obviously and like most of my travel at that point had been uh on the east coast and hadn't really gone past like uh, Mm -hmm. michigan so Mm. Um, as far as West goes. So your mind was blown with that. There was a whole world out there. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and then, uh, I went in college. I went on like a Euro trip, like my, um, my friend's dad lives in Sweden. So we like went, um, his and her stepmom and their two kids and we went and stayed with them. And then I went, by myself uh, to like, she stayed with him the whole time. And then I went by myself to Germany 
um, and visited a friend that was studying abroad. And then I went alone. I went to Zurich and Berlin and uh, I went back up to Malmö, Sweden. Um, and, and what then, did you do alone? I want to, I want to jump into that a little because okay. I've, I've heard, you know, on, on, when I check my, my news sources, which is BuzzFeed a lot of the time. Yeah. BuzzFeed quizzes. Yes. And, you know, top top things you need to do before you turn 30 or 40 Mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's like traveling alone is oftentimes on those lists. Yes. So what is it like to travel alone? Okay. So it's so funny Um, because at 21, traveling alone was like a nightmare for me. Mm. I hated it. I was so like, I mean, keeping in mind that at this point, George Bush, George W. Bush is still president. Yeah. So, like, I'm kind of, and I'm, like, a liberal college student, so I'm, like, very caught up in that, about, like, how <laughs> Europeans are going to view me. <laughs> and um, Very worried. Very worried. And um, I just, like, I was so shy, and, and that's not me. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you really? met me. Mm. Like, I'm not very shy. And I you was were, like, really insecure self- to be. Yeah, yeah. So, so insecure. And my friend Rebecca and I, the one that I went with, um, we've always had, like, um, trouble with, like, confidence and, like, body mm-hmm. confidence and yeah. stuff. And so both of us joke now that we're, you know, 32, that we're like, oh, we were just so embarrassed to exist, like, yes. at that. And so I, like, just didn't want to talk to anybody. And, like, I mean, I'm in Sweden, and, like, literally everyone speaks English. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't go order a coffee. Like Uh I just, like I went to the grocery store and I had like no money. So I bought like, I don't know, cashews, like a little packet of cashews. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I think that I lost like a bunch of weight on that trip because I like couldn't afford anything. (laughs) But, um, it was, yeah. So I'm like, stayed in I stayed in hostels and I did meet a couple of people but um yeah I was just really afraid to interact with with locals uh because I was so insecure and I love how I you said it I was a I was sad what did you say about you didn't want to like bother to exist and not no, like in a embarrassed sad way to embarrassed to exist yeah I like, was just like oh. like oh I'm sorry that I'm here I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. oh gosh I'm sorry and so I was really nervous and I just didn't want to have to interact with anyone and it's it was like um so when you don't talk to people Mm. it can be pretty lonely although I did still have some pretty interesting experiences like it was during the 2008 um Euro Cup Mm. and the only people in this hostel in Malmö Sweden were me and a bunch of Polish migrant workers So it was, like, me and them. And so there's, like, the one TV, right, and, like, the lounge. And so we were watching, like, Poland play soccer and they were super into it and they were like you got into it yeah and they were like really nice to me and it was it was really fun it was really fun like it was fun to be around like a bunch of people were so excited and um so that felt like a really nice authentic experience um but i have so the funniest story for in that regard was um so my uh my friend rebecca her stepmom's brother lives in stockholm and um, and his, uh, partner and they, 
were super nice and like were driving us around Stockholm and like showing us stuff. And um, they had this like beautiful apartment and we're, we're, we stopped to get gas and the, the only other person getting gas is the Swedish prince. What? Yeah. So like the Swedish prince is right there. And actually her, her step uncle had been, he had like this prince had done like an internship at his company or something. And so he like kind of knew him. And so <laughs> his partner, Jessica was super nice. She's like, Oh, do you guys want to take a picture? And the both of us were like, no, no, no we don't want to talk to him. <laughs> like, so embarrassing just to be exactly. here. <laughs> like, we were just like, mm, <laughs> no, thank you. But, and then we get to, uh, her dad and stepmom lived in Gothenburg at the time, which is on the other side of Sweden. And we get there and her stepmom was like, I've lived in Sweden my whole life and I've never seen the prince. <laughs> we were like, yeah. <laughs> and we refused to take a picture because we were embarrassed You're to like exist. so embarrassed. Oh. Yeah. I mean, like, he, they had, like, a dinner party. They had, like, a little party at their house. Uh, the uncle and his partner. And, like, we hid in uh, one of the kids' rooms just oh. by ourselves because we were just so – and it had nothing to do with them. It was all us, you know. Yeah. It was all uh, – everyone was perfectly nice to us, but yeah. we were still, like, Ugh. So uh, there was that. And then – Jump ahead to when I'm 31 Mm -hmm. and I go to Belize by myself for nine days. Super different. Tell me, why was it so different? Because I didn't care anymore. Right? Like, I didn't have this Mm. fear of people judging me because I'm over 30. And once you turn 30, you lose that. A lot of it. Anyway, I think it gets even better at 40. Yeah. And and then it just progressively gets better and better, better. Yeah. I mean, you... Doesn't it feel like you kind of take off like a coat? Yes. Right? When you turn 30 and you're like, I just don't. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. Like, obviously, I mean that in like, I'm going to be respectful of this place and these people and stuff. But I'm also don't care if somebody like. insecure stuff. I feel like you start like, if you think this about me and. Like, I will 100% talk to you. I will. I'll even try to talk to you in your language if you speak a different language than me. And I'm not scared to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But at, you know, at 21, I was like, <sighs> can, I have a, can I have a cup? <laughs> can I have a cup? <laughs> yeah, like just really uh, couldn't do it. And then in Belize, I was like, talking. I've talked to anybody. <laughs> Yeah, so you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. I was talking to everybody. Do you know how many puns I made? <laughs> oh, I made so many puns. What a great place to I book a trip. It was unbelievable. It, mm-hmm. it was unbelievable. Oh, um, so good. Erica would love that. Erica loves some good puns. I love a pun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess that's kind of the only time that I travel. I've traveled alone. Um, every other time I've been with someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So I went to, well, I guess I, I moved to Korea by myself. Yeah. Because I lived in Korea for two, uh, around two years. Two years. Um, so um, so part of your journey has been international teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, um, I graduated from college with a psych degree, which is, I'm going to go with mildly useful. Mm-hmm. Like mildly. It's, Not, it gets better if you get your master's, I believe, right? Yeah. Master's or PhD. And... I had decided by the time I finished that degree that that's, like, not the road I wanted to go down. But yeah. you've already gotten so far, like, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to let my parents 
fund like any more of my education, you know? Like, yeah. Because I was very, very lucky in that regard. Um, yeah. But there, I'm not actually sure they would have continued if I was like, I'm going to switch my major three years into college. And it's going to take mm-hmm. another four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they would have been like, all right, um, we're going to sit down <laughs> with you and talk about this terrible decision. Uh-huh. Um, so I got the psych degree and um, I ended up getting a job at a uh, psych lab like study at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. And this is like 2009. So I was already panicking about getting a job anyway. Yeah. And I had started teaching myself Korean in college because I wanted to learn an Asian language that had a different script. Out of curiosity, why? Um, it was a bucket list thing. So I took Spanish in um, – I wanted to be fluent in two other languages, one of which was not a Latin script. So I took Spanish in college, and then I started teaching myself Korean because it's easiest to read. Because – Japanese has three alphabets, which is three too many. And Chinese is tonal and character-based, but I am actually taking Chinese classes right now. Um, <laughs> I love that it's this hard. is on your bucket list. I'm like, ah, oh, that sounds hard. Um, it is. It is intellectually I, challenging, I will say so that. Good. i got to keep my mind sharp. Yeah, I like that. It's got the uh, propensity to decline rapidly. So I am a testament. I can attest <laughs> yeah. to that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, uh, Korean super easy to read. Okay. Um, which is a, I think not a fact that a lot of people know. No, didn't. Um, it was, the writing system was, um, made by a king in the 1400s named King Sejong, and he was, uh, he made it because they had used, but they'd been speaking Korean, but they'd been using Chinese characters to write it. And obviously, you can only learn Chinese characters if you go to school. Like, it's some explicit instruction mm. uh, needed there. And so, obviously, most of the population was illiterate. So, he designs this alphabet that's um, based on the shape of your mouth um, when you say the letter. And you can learn it in, like, a week. And so, he designed it to make people equal wow. and, like, to be able to... Wow. Um, have more of the population be literate no matter how rich you were. Wow. So, nice. yeah, it's a very cool story. I mean, they, um, and, uh, if you look at Korean, um, you see that it's not complicated as far as like how the letters look. Yeah. Um, it's just circles and lines. <laughs> uh, and that's, yeah. that's on purpose because, they wanted it to, he wanted it to be very simple and nice. it's all organized into syllabic blocks. Um, so each like group of letters is one syllable, which is the same in Chinese. I recently learned that every character is one syllable, but in Japanese, those characters they use called kanji and they're uh, Chinese based off Chinese characters. They can be two syllables. <laughs> you just have to know. You lost me like five Which minutes ago. Like, so I, I'm like, sorry. I, I can't. No, I mean, I'm glad. I love the story, um, but my brain is like, cannot compute. Like the thought of learning a new language in my brain. Yeah, just you know, feels so hard. <laughs> it it can be. I highly suggest if it's something you want to do that, like you take an actual class because mm-hmm. I, I don't like studying it yourself is really difficult. Mm-hmm. I, I studied 
Korean for a long time before I went there and like took classes. And I think I learned more in the classes than I learned in the years that you're doing it, (laughs) that I was doing it by myself. And I know that like, and I think that's a huge testament to people like who teach themselves like English through YouTube and stuff. Like, and I meet so many people like that. Um, but it's, it's just not. I need some kind of like I need somebody telling me <laughs> I do too like face to face yes like someone who whose disappointment I can see in their eyes oh I like you that know what too. I mean yeah like I need that I need you to be like Emily come <laughs> did on did you now. do your homework oh, no 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 yeah. I didn't I need to I need that yeah um, what drew you to wanting to teach internationally um. I, you know, honestly, it wasn't even about teaching. It was about learning the language. And I was Ooh. like, well, why would I go to school there if I can just get paid to live there? Smart. Um, so I later did end up going to school there. <laughs> um, so you were teaching and going to school? No, I was. I was. So I was teaching. I taught for a year. And like during that time, I took some classes like at night. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did end up going to. Um, one of the universities, they have a Korean language Institute. Um, and that was like four hours a day, um, in the morning from like, I don't think it was this nine to 12, eight to 12, nine to one, nine to one. Mm-hmm. That's four, one, two, three, four. And so I couldn't with those hours, I couldn't have a job. Yeah. So I tutored illegally. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. Oh, sorry. We're gonna have to cut this out. Illegally. Yeah. I don't want the Come government. and get me, Korea. Mm, mm. South Korea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Come and get me. I tutored illegally. Mm-hmm. Um under the table. Yeah, but I was pretty pretty broke. Um and so yeah, it wasn't even really about teaching for me. And I I taught in a preschool and I mean the kids were adorable. Oh um, I bet. so cute. They were also like rich children mm. um which came with a special type of parent uh and and um i mean special in in the way of like like nightmarish i guess like, yeah like entitled <laughs> uh, uh and because well, it was i was taught in what is probably the if i were to put it into an American perspective, probably the equivalent of like the Upper East Side of New York. Like that, yeah. that is like the wealth level and like, like, um, Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch that, but yeah. that's the only thing I could think to. Yeah. Like just, just like, or maybe like LA, you know, just like really like rich, yeah. a lot of like new, nouveau riche kind of, mm. um, but really wanted their kids to excel and, um, and there were definitely parents that were a lot more chill. I, I tutored for a girl um, after I stopped working there that I had taught there. And her parents were super cool and mm. not like that. But that was kind of the only example of I remember of once you told me that to get to a field trip, you guys took a helicopter. Oh, no, 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 no. The helicopter. <laughs> so one girl that I taught, I think her grandpa was like a VP at um, Samsung. And... They we were going on a field trip to a strawberry mm-hmm. farm, and the mom was like, "If there's a problem, like if there's an emergency, let me know, and I can like send the helicopter." Oh, but you didn't need the we helicopter. No, because oh, it was like, wasn't. Because so cool. we got there, and they like looked at the strawberry field, and like all took turns like 
<laughs> on like a like squashing some strawberries for jam and then ate like a cracker with strawberry jam on it and then we went back because it was like that far away oh <laughs> so stupid <laughs> But the nice thing about teaching three-year-olds at that point was that they all fell asleep. Yeah. So me and the other, my co-teacher were like, (laughs) (laughs) both fell asleep too. And that was probably their attention span level. Like, they're not going to be out, like, picking a whole bushel of No, and, like, we weren't even allowed to pick them. Oh. So you squished them and then... And we, like, literally looked at them. (laughs) And then they each took turns, like, ding, 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 and then (laughs) next one. (laughs) posed for a picture and then that was yeah pretty much that's so funny um and we took a lot of weird field trips um we went to this kids theater production and it was about utensils (laughs) like they each of the people like it was like that was their characters like this is a fork and like this is a knife and the spoon and like was it teaching them good etiquette i don't know it was all in korean There was, it was probably like a comment on our society and you were like, I don't, I don't know. know. Well, I that's like I didn't have enough Korean at the time to understand exactly what was happening. Yeah. Um, although it was pretty simple. So like we could get the plot, like the basic plot yeah. uh, from the actions. And yeah. it was a lot of like asking the audience to participate. Like, what can he do it? Like, yeah, you can do it. And like, what? Uh And all I could think was, like, man, I bet all these people went to theater school. Oh. And, like, this is it. Yeah. Is this their big break? Yeah. Does this kind of suck? Feels like it kind of (laughs) sucks. It could be great for them. Maybe you have, like, a a passion for children's entertainment, and that's great. But maybe, like, maybe this is the only role you could get. Yeah. It looks good on a resume. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just the knife. Yeah. Yeah. I played the or a spork. a spork. Was there a spork? Yeah, no, too? no spork. Mm-hmm. No, and Just traditional silverware. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry. Back to we are bound to get off track a it's million okay. times, but well, I feel like we're finding our way though. Yes, we we're just working it out. So, so the so the need teaching. for so the travel so teaching internationally wasn't necessarily. For the teaching, it was more for the opportunity to go oh, yeah. international. Exactly. And, like, the teaching was just kind of a means to an end. And um, I remember – because, like, at the time and at this particular preschool – because they're all, like, private and you don't have to – you know, you can do whatever you want. Oh, <laughs> um, good to know. But the requirement was just that you had to have a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. And my school only hired uh, North American white ladies. So that's like a cool thing that's allowed. Uh, <laughs> was that stated? Like that was the. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Like in the way of like, we prefer like the North American accent, like American or Canadian. And mm. and there were conspicuously n- no women of color. Um, and then they didn't hire men because I think they had an incident with a man, like, early yeah. in it. But whatever. Uh, I remember I asked the head teacher, like, do you have any tips? Because, like, I've never taught before. And she goes, you know, teach them, love them. <laughs> I was like, what? How? 
You literally like, started teaching I, with like, the, you were like, I that just. That was the foundation of my teaching. You're like, hey, teach them, love them. All yeah. Right, cool. And I will say for, I will say that like the vast majority of the Korean teachers that I worked with and I, and I was very lucky that my Korean co-teachers were both like very competent, qualified people yeah. and um, like not only, you know, have teaching degrees and experience and stuff, but just also were like good at their jobs. So, yeah. um, which was not the case for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was very lucky in that regard. I became really good friends, especially with my first co-teacher. Um, and I like went on vacation with her family. It was cool. But it, it did like, I will say for, I will say this. I left there being like, I don't want to teach. That's definitely not my calling. And I think it was just that I didn't want to teach preschool. Because it's... And I think that just, like, there was kind of a tumultuous environment there. And um, that school did end up, like, closing. And uh, they fired everyone right before they closed. So they didn't have to pay any, like severance and Mm -hmm. it was really like a bunch of illegal stuff and and the girls that were still working there ended up suing them um suing the owner and um did were able to recoup some of their money but like i mean they they all lost out on like at least five thousand dollars like um and that's the thing about the private industry is like it's pretty unregulated yeah um and so they that things like that happen all the time yeah and i remember the two of the girls that were still working there when i was in school we're like, hey, Emily, like, they're coming in and putting red tape, like, red, like, dots on the furniture. Like, what does that mean? And I was like, that means they're selling everything. Like, they're closing. You need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, like, literally a week later. Crazy. And the, you know what? The, the president goes to the girls when they get real mad about him firing all of them. He's like, sue me. Oh. So they did. And they won. Oh, that's amazing. Um. But that's amazing. Yeah. So I had like good experiences and bad experiences there. I will say the one thing that it introduced me to was um, the style of teaching that they did was a special style called Reggio, which really similar to Montessori. Oh. Um, So all of the things that the kids do are are, it's led by their interests, by student Mm -hmm. interests. So you couldn't really plan more than like one or two days ahead because you kind of saw like what they were you're supposed to see what they liked the most and, like, go with it. Mm. Um, so we did a bunch of different projects. Uh, and so you do, like, one project for a while and you kind of hit every subject in that. Like, so you hit mm-hmm. math and science and um, history and, and writing, like English. And uh, we did Inventor's Project um and then at the end they all made like invention inventions mm-hmm. um and uh we did um magic project which with first preschoolers? of all yeah they were like 5 and 6 oh these kids were a little older i will say that i do not like magic and <laughs> I not only had to do magic project, I had to learn magic tricks so I could teach them how to do magic tricks. Do you we know did... any magic tricks? No, still? I don't. Know. You don't remember? I any? ended up not being able to do it. Aww. My, it's because you're too honest. I could explain it. 
Yeah. But I couldn't, like, do it myself, so I'd, like, direct them. And mm-hmm. uh, my co-teacher ended up being the one who, like, did most of that, and I did, like, more of the writing stuff. <laughs> but mm-hmm. they did um, they did a magic show for the school, which was pretty Aww. cute. Um, and by pretty cute, I mean really cute. Like Super adorable. adorable. Yeah. Adorable. Um, that's the only kind of magic show I want to see is, like, five-year-olds messing it up, you know? Yeah. Um, Being super cute with it. Yeah. And... We did, with the little babies, we did, like, magnet project, because they, we saw that they liked playing with magnets, so we did, like, a very simple, like, thing with that, and, um, the worst project I ever did was this little boy (laughs) just rolls up with a, 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 a little tank full of tadpoles. Oh. And we were like, why, why did you bring these? (laughs) And we like called his mom, and his mom was like, "Well, we thought maybe you guys could have them in the in the classroom." And we were like, "I don't want to." None of us know how to like. Neither of us know how to take care of tadpoles, and so we do tadpole project, right? And a couple of them, when they start transitioning to frogs, end up dying because we didn't know that you have to have like like somewhere for them to chill and like how there has to be less water and like yeah, we didn't know so and much. so we did have like a little lesson on death and a funeral oh my god <laughs> yeah we buried them and then at the end when they all turned into frogs we went to go um we did a cute little field trip where we went to uh, a stream that was near the school and we released them. uh ha- yeah had a picnic lunch and we released them but i'm trying to do it in a very ceremonial way Right? And I have this, like, container of them. And I'm kind of, like, trying to shake them out of it. And they're not going. And then the bus driver, who's this, like, you know, old Korean guy, like, grabs it from me and, like, wades into the stream and just, like... (laughs) And it was, like... (laughs) Bye, frog! Bye! You were, like, I was trying to have a moment? Yeah, he... It was... I'll never forget that. He just, like, grabbed the container out of my hands and, like, washed those frogs out of the, mm. out of the, out of it, uh, right into the stream. And I was just like, we came all the way here for you to do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was, like, so frustrated with me, like, uh, pop, pop, pop. Yeah. Mm. So, um, but the cool thing about that is it, it introduced me to the style of, you know, project-based learning, which is yeah. doing... A project rather than like information test, information test, yeah. information test. And uh, that's something that now, as a qualified teacher, let's <laughs> I, clarify it. Now, a qualified, qualified teacher. We're many years later. That is something that I, that my class is all project based learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, because I had come back from Korea and I was like, I don't want to teach. And I end up in this terrible, corporate real estate job um as a lease analyst Mm -hmm. which is the most boring job on the planet like i would have rather read leases yeah i would would have rather clean toilets chopped wood Mm -hmm. anything Mm. and it was really awful and i was like you know i think that the only job i've had that i didn't hate going to was teaching teaching so i ended up going to grad school for a year and that was five years ago, and so this is my fourth year of teaching um, as a qualified teacher with that. a master's degree. Good job, congrats. In teaching, in <laughs> you education. Know, education. Yes. All, this, all those classes of stage. Yes, and in... <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> Life is a performance, Samantha. 
<laughs> Throwback. Is. That's I, Emily's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not British. Uh, no. But it's nice to get rid of her British <laughs> accent. It really, I think, encapsula- encapsulates her, like, personality. Emily, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we got to have double dose of chatting. Yeah, and you know what? The last two times I came out here, I was over an hour late, and this time I was only 15 minutes late. So i just like, if we could just recognize progress. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you everyone. So much. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Appreciate it. Yeah. Really appreciate our time together. And mm-hmm. I look forward to either having you back in the studio or setting something up. I don't know, like maybe even internationally. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I don't Who know. Knows? Who knows? I don't know. But Who knows? maybe we could one day. One yeah, day. Maybe one day. Maybe one day do an international podcast. I don't know, though. Really? Who knows? Yeah. Whatever. Thanks. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by twinmusicom.org. Song titled Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, M&M Exteriors. Visit their website at mmexteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area. Visit our website at flushingitout.com and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.